0: Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Salk & Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit salkandsource.com. Hello, and welcome to No Rain Date, the official podcast of Sock & Source. My name is Josh Popachak, and I'm the publisher of Sock & Source and the host of No Rain Date. We are excited to bring you episode 15 this week. We have a great lineup of guests, including Rosaria Stoops uh, from the Allentown Rescue Mission, who's going to tell us more about this uh, special organization And what they do to help some of the most vulnerable people in our community. And we also have Andy Lee from Braveheart Highland Pub. Andy is the owner of Braveheart. And as you know, that's one of the most beloved watering holes and restaurants in Hellertown. It's also well known for their St. Patrick's Day celebration. And they're gearing up for that this week. The big day is, of course, Tuesday, March 17th, and Andy will share information about that as well as some of the other cool things happening at Braveheart. But first, I want to give you a roundup of the news for the week ending March 12th, 2020. The first story that I'm going to discuss is one that's Disturbing a lot of people, upsetting people, scaring people. We're having a lot of debates on Facebook or I'm seeing them about how serious the threat of the coronavirus is. I believe it's a serious threat, and so do the medical professionals uh, who I've seen interviewed uh, in many stories about this subject. If you look at news coverage of what's been going on in other countries like Italy, it's certainly not something that is frivolous or something to make light of. And that's why we are seeing pretty drastic actions taken by major local institutions like Lehigh University, which today made the uh, extraordinary step to close dormitories and classrooms for the next couple weeks. And this is because health officials are recommending that gatherings be kept to a minimum Uh, to help prevent the spread of COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. Uh, Lehigh is not alone in doing this. Other colleges, including Muhlenberg and Lafayette, as well as East Stroudsburg and Kutztown, have adopted similar measures. We are also seeing events being canceled. Really, the headlines are new every hour, so it's it's beyond a developing story. Uh, It is the top story not just locally but everywhere in the world pretty much right now we want everybody to stay safe and healthy here at stalk and source so we urge you to use common sense precautions don't be paranoid about the coronavirus but don't be dismissive of it either certainly health officials recommend washing your hands for 30 seconds using hot water and soap we've heard it mentioned a number of times If you don't know how long 30 seconds is, sing happy birthday twice to yourself, and that's how long 30 seconds is. That is the number one way to help prevent not only the spread of the coronavirus, but other illnesses as well. Um, So it's something we should be doing anyway. Certainly, there's been a a big reaction in terms of panic buying. Uh, I've had two stories about that this week. Well, one and a half. But if you go to any major supermarket right now, you will probably not be able to find toilet paper. You will not find hand sanitizer on the shelves. If they do have it, uh, there may be a limit to the number that you can buy, and that's for a good reason, because people that need those items, because of their work, uh, they may you know come into contact with, with more germs, they're not able to access them because of hoarding, and that's not an appropriate response to this type of situation. I hope that, you know, people will take a moment and think about the real threat, but also think critically about how they are choosing to respond to it. Because um, the power to do something about this is in our hands. Certainly, we're getting warnings from other countries including Italy, where there's just been an absolute catastrophe in terms of the coronavirus. They're urging the U.S. to take steps that they may not have taken several weeks ago, take them now to help prevent something like that. And I would not be an ethical or responsible journalist if I didn't share that with you. So I hope you will not be dismissive of this disease and do what you need to do to protect your family and your friends and your community. As I mentioned, Lehigh University, where a number of Saucon Valley residents go to school, uh, work, announced Wednesday that students are not being permitted to stay in the dorms unless there are extreme circumstances. The president of Lehigh announced that in a letter that was shared online. We are certainly going to continue to cover this story as it develops. It's been sort of a slow-moving train wreck of a story, for lack of a better term. It does not appear that it's going to end anytime soon. So we hope that you will stay safe and um, share your thoughts with us about it. You know, Please do so with the understanding that Sock & Source and other media are doing their job by Trying our best to share information with you. And sometimes it's going to be information that you don't want to hear. But we have to do our job. And we are trying not to sensationalize anything. We're just here to give you the information you need to hopefully stay safe. In other news, we had a story on Tuesday about St. Teresa's School in Hallertown. St. Teresa is a pre-K through 8th grade Catholic school that was founded in 1940, so they're actually about to celebrate their 80th anniversary. Unfortunately, the school is facing financial difficulties. The main reason for that is declining enrollment, and therefore they are pushing to enroll uh, many more students for 2020 2021 school year than are currently enrolled the enrollment had dropped into the 75 student range uh, this year and they need to get that back up again the school is also uh, fundraising to help keep the doors open Um, they have created a link online where you can make a donation that link is included in our story of course Right now it's Lent and the fish dinners at St. Teresa are a tradition in Hellertown. Those dinners are every Friday night from 4.30 to 7 p.m. Open to the public. When you go purchase a dinner there, that money will benefit the school. They are working on on a number of other things as we speak to help uh, close the gap between their uh, tuition, revenue and a subsidy that the school receives from the diocese. In a letter uh, sent by Father Tauber of St. Teresa late last month, that gap was nearly $130,000. So it's a significant amount of money that needs to be generated in order for for the school to at least be able to keep its doors open for another year. Beyond that, they're going to have to look at other things uh, in terms of becoming financially stable. But um, we certainly uh, love St. Teresa's School here at Saucon Source, and we want to see them uh, go on and, and educate children in our community. And we hope that you will consider uh, supporting the school however you can if you feel able to do that. Like I said, more information can be found in Our article, if you go to one of the fish dinners, I understand that they have a table there where there's uh, information about the school, the fundraising. You can make a donation there, so um, consider doing that this Friday, March 13th. The school is also having two open houses coming up. Open houses are March 15th and March 22nd from noon to 1.30 p.m. at the school. Each open house will also be followed by a bingo fundraiser. So you can come learn more about the school, stay and play bingo, and help contribute that way. In other news, we reported, we were first to report rather, that uh, BB&T is closing the branch of the bank inside the Coopersburg Giant this June. Certainly some people who enjoyed doing their banking while they were at the Coopersburg Giant to do grocery shopping uh, are not too happy about that. According to a source within the banking industry, uh, the company is also planning to close its other in-store branches throughout the Lehigh Valley, including Wind Gap, Copley, and Nazareth. So that's going to be a change for BB&T customers in the Coopersburg area. We again have a story about Creek Road and the rezoning request by developer Abraham Atia for a property he owns at 2105 Creek Road. The rezoning request is to make it suitable for a construction of retirement living residences and that is going before the Bethlehem Planning Commission Thursday, March 12th at 5 p.m. We will be covering that, of course. There is a website that has been launched by a neighbor who opposes this rezoning request and the development proposal. The website created by Robert Ashford is called SaveCreekRoad.org. You can go online there, find more information about the proposal, uh, as well as a petition, uh, which Ashford told Salkin Source has so far received more than 200 signatures. Ashford and uh, many other opponents live in the Stever Mills development, which is across the street from where this this retirement community would be built. One of their concerns is the narrowness of Creek Road and, of course, also the fact that uh, the area is somewhat flood-prone. Part of it is in a flood plain. So it will be interesting to see how Bethlehem planners view the request in light of that. That's the news for this week. We will continue to cover all of these stories. Now we have Tony from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority with your five-day forecast.
1: Hey, everybody. Tony here from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority with your exclusive five-day forecast for Salkin Sources' No Rain Date podcast your Thursday, periods of clouds. There could be a peak of sun here or there, but not likely. High temperature of 53 degrees. Tonight's low down to 45. Friday, we'll see periods of rain throughout the day. Anywhere from a quarter to a half an inch of rain is expected across the valley. High temperature Friday up to 66 degrees. Nighttime low down to 35. Saturday, the sun returns. A high temperature of 50 degrees. Nighttime low down to 32. Sunday, periods of sun and clouds. High temperature of 50. Going down to 28 Sunday night. And Monday, remains sunny. High temperature of, you guessed it, 50 degrees. Going down to 36 Monday night. That is all I have for you. Have a wonderful week and we will talk to you soon. I'm happy to have here with me today uh, two
0: people uh, who are helping make a difference in our community through their work with the Allentown Rescue Mission. Uh, we have Rosaria Stoops, who's the development manager for the rescue mission, as well as Paul Yellow Cannon, who is a volunteer there, and he's from Quakertown. And Rosaria, I wanted to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about the history of the rescue mission. It goes back 120 years. You uh, are continuing to, you know, provide services for men in need, provide over 42,000 nutritious meals a year, as well as other services, including shelter and life skills programs, so...
2: Yes, so we have a really interesting history. We started in 1900, and we actually started around the corner from where we are now. We're currently located on Hamilton Street. And so we originally started in the apartment of our founder, Obadiah Becker, right across from Sacred Heart Hospital, like about there, in his apartment. And he was taking in men who basically became homeless from like the war, uh, or maybe their wife got ill and became you know, sick and passed away or for whatever the case might be, they needed a place to live. And so he took in men and he felt that the way that they would get back to living successfully was actually if they started following the Bible and, you know, going to church. So he introduced the Bible to them all the way back in 1900. And so since then we've been non-denominational Christian. And we eventually in the nineteen twenties became a nonprofit. So we're one of the oldest nonprofits in like the Tri State area, which is really interesting. And we're one of the oldest men's shelters in area as well. So we take in just men. We have an emergency shelter so you can walk in. uh, No questions asked. The only thing you need is a voucher from the police station. And from the emergency shelter you can actually move into our life skills program. It's an eight-week program. That opportunity is available to everybody who comes into our shelter. Then from the Life Skills program, we automatically put you on our clean team, which is our employment agency, and you can stay with us about six months. Again, there's always rules, and basically our rules are no fighting, no alcohol, and no drugs. So we've always been an establishment that did not allow drugs and alcohol. We've always tried to recover men, to return them back to normalcy, you know, our motto is that we rescue we recover and we return them so that's really what we've always tried to do is we really wanted to return the men back to their lifestyle that they had before and hopefully better
0: Right. And you don't help animals because I know we talked about that. (laughs) We don't. That's
2: like the one thing that people always say is rescue. "Rescue." And they're like, so is that people or animals? And I'm like, no, we're like the best kept secret. We're actually for men. Right. Right. So that is something people always ask.
0: Right. I guess if they were going to name it today, they might put yes. men in the name exactly but.
2: yes we might have changed our name around a little bit right. and when people are like where are you located and I'm like you know that big building that has God is love on it it's the iconic building in downtown and they're like oh yes and I'm like that's us and right. they're like oh wow and it's interesting because the building itself with the neon pink sign has actually been in over 23 Hollywood movies so it's pretty funny that we've never been inside the building filmed inside but the Mm. outside the building is pretty iconic
0: yeah i mean yeah if you just do a google image search for that like you'll see some of those shots from the movies and beautiful photography
2: exactly there's some really beautiful pictures of the building
0: yeah And it is a historic building. Um, It
2: is, yes. We actually take up uh, about four of the buildings there. So we did a renovation project probably um, about 40 to 60 years ago where we broke through some of the walls originally. We've just kind of started continuing to break through the walls. So we have elevators that connect it and stairs that connect the, the different buildings. So it's built into the hill. So when you walk in the ground floor, there's actually a floor below you um, that's like underneath the bridge. Hmm. So that's our emergency shelter. But you walk in and you're already like on the first floor, really. Mm-hmm. So we go up three floors above that. So and then we go over four buildings.
0: So tell me a bit more about like how like how many men are you helping at one single time?
2: So our emergency shelter has capacity for over 70 men. And then up in our dorm rooms, which is where the men in the program go, we have capacity for about another 50 men which is really amazing. So we can serve almost 130 men at a time. And so you have men who sometimes from the emergency shelter only stay there a night or two, up to the 30 days. And then you have men who are up in the program and they might stay the full six months, you know. so somewhere around there. So last year we served over 900 men, Hmm. which is pretty amazing, and about 50,000 meals. Now we serve three meals a day, and that's because the men who are in our emergency shelter they get breakfast and dinner Um, they're out working during the day or trying to end their homelessness during the day so they don't get lunch and then our men in the program they get breakfast lunch and dinner and if you're on the clean team and you're working you get a bag lunch to take with you so we serve the three meals a day every day
0: so clean team does that mean that they're out like cleaning the streets no so
2: that's what's also a little bit of a misnomer some men we do have that clean the streets we have a contract with the city of allentown and they actually literally clean the streets for the city of allentown um but then they also do other things they do um we get day labor jobs for them sometimes it's renovations sometimes they're hanging drywall or doing tile work we have a couple men who work at the city dump actually you know, making the dump a little bit better of a place. Um, We have people who are at Lehigh University working on grounds work. Sometimes they're out at different clubs around the area, working on grounds work there, depending on the time of year. Sometimes construction crews need them. All different kinds of jobs come in. They help with moving, all different kinds of things. You can hire them for almost anything, which is really cool. And so they go out and they do these different jobs, and then they get paid above minimum wage for that. Plus, they get room and board as well.
0: How do you find the employers? Can can an employer come to you and say, "I need help? absolutely,
2: yeah." It's just like any other employment agency. They come to us. We write up a job for them. We have like a company within our company, so it's a separate company that we have called the Clean Team, and we have people who actually oversee that. And so they oversee that and they help the men actually get current job skills on their. resumes Mm -hmm. so when you're in the eight-week program you have to do that half a day every week and that's so that way they get used to going to work some of these men haven't worked in a long time depending on what kind of rehabilitating they're doing and so they're getting current job skills they're learning how to be at a job what it's like to punch a clock, how it is to wake up to an alarm. How do you show up at a job? What do you wear when you go to a job? How do you speak to your boss? So we're their boss at that point. So we instruct them on how do you act? How do you do safety at work? You know, all of those kind of things that most people take for granted, But depending on the way you grew up, you might not have gotten those kind of skills. Mm -hmm. So that's a really important thing that they're getting. Then we also are a reference for them, a current reference for them that they might not have, depending on what they've been doing lately. They might have a gap on their resume. So not only are we teaching them how to write their resume in our computer class, we're also giving them something to put on their resume that's very recent. Because sometimes they might have a gap. Um, Depending on what they've done recently, so they might have been out of work for a while So we're giving them a reference of a current person who employed them and we're also giving them skills to put on there That we can say we actually saw them do this. So we know that they can do this We know that they know how to show up for work. They listen to their alarm. They show up We can tell you that because they actually did it for us.
0: Right, right. So once somebody has completed this program this transitional program Mm -hmm. They are, you know, um, they found employment and they're graduated and they're out in the real world. Do you ever hear back from from people, We do sometimes. We
2: don't hear from enough people because it depends on why they came to us. For some people, it's something that they don't really want to think about again. That was a period in their life. They really don't want to think about it. But for other people, they want to think about it. They want to give back. We have a couple people who give back every year at our spaghetti dinner. Um, A couple of the men and their they were estranged from their wives and their kids. And so they come back with their wife who they've reconnected with and their adult kids um, because they're grateful for the time that they spent with us because it helped them get back to their wife and kids. Hmm. Um, So that's really nice. Last year, a year ago at Christmas, we were wrapping presents and a woman saw our ad in the newspaper and she wanted to come. And she didn't drive and her husband drove us and drove her to see us. And on the way there, Her husband said, did you know that I lived there for a period of time? And they had been married for years, and she never knew this. And she said, no, I, I had no idea. Now they have grandkids, and they're retired at this point. And he said, back in the late 50s, 60s, I lived there after I got out of the service because I had nowhere to go. My parents said, you're an adult now, so go take care of yourself. So he went and lived with us for about two or three years, because the program was a little different then. He started working at a factory and then he got an apartment. He did very well for himself in life and he has been a donor ever since, but he just never actually mentioned it to his wife. So it was really interesting. I got to meet him, we took a picture together and we've stayed in contact since. So it was really cool to kind of talk to him about, you know, what was it like back then? What, what, What did it look like then?
0: that's a cool story it gave me goosebumps to yes. think about that. yeah
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a long time to keep keep that a secret yes
2: and for him it wasn't even that it was a secret it's just something he just never really dwelled on it, right it, it didn't really occur to him it was something that happened and
0: right he, he just have moved have shame or hang-ups about it but
2: exactly it just never really came up he when we send him an appeal every month, he sends a check, but it, he never really thought to say, "Did you know that I actually live there?" It just didn't come up. So yeah, wow.
0: So you mentioned the spaghetti dinner. I know that's one of your big fundraisers. The
2: spaghetti dinners is our big fundraiser, and that's in the fall. It starts out with an eight-day radiothon ahead of time on WAB, and then it ends with a spaghetti dinner, and. The, in November, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, we have Thanks for Giving, which we're at six different giant locations, or you can host your own anytime in the fall through New Year's, and that is when we are doing a food and supplies drive for stuff to fill our pantry for the whole year, which is how we stay sustained for the, pretty much the whole year, so we don't have to buy those supplies. And then right now in the spring, because we're, we are celebrating 120 years, we're doing, trying to hit 120 make and serve meals for the springtime. And a make and serve meal is when you or a group of people make a meal for about 80 people, and you come in and you get to serve it to our men. And you could do that for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Uh, we just ask that you schedule it with us And we know kind of what you're bringing. There's no dietary restrictions. If there's somebody who has a special need, we make sure that we have food for them. And you bring basically whatever you want from peanut butter and jelly sandwich to filet mignon. Anything you can think (laughs) of. And it's really fun because it's the one thing you get to do that you get to actually interact with our men. And volunteer at the same time. And giving a plate of food to a homeless man is probably the most rewarding thing you can ever do because they are so grateful every single time.
0: Right. So yeah if you have a business um you have a team of people a church group this could be a great opportunity for you to give back
2: exactly exactly even just a couple friends we have just a couple ladies who get together and they all make a tray of lasagna and then they have enough lasagna to come in and serve um, or we have a group of ladies we call the chili ladies. They come once a month, and they mix all their chili together, and it's a great pot of chili. And right. the guys love it because who doesn't love a warm pot of chili? Right. So
0: Yeah, think about the, the foods that feed an army, basically. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It, and you know what? Like I said, they love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because it's nostalgic. You know, Mm -hmm. it brings them back to their childhood. So they really like anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything can be fun. We have another group of Boy Scouts who bring in fun sugary cereals for breakfast because we do not buy sugary cereals so they like when they have all those sugary cereals for breakfast because we're serving cheerios so you know when they get those sugary cereals they love that so anything is a possibility it's so much fun um i served them cupcakes on my birthday because it was my birthday and i don't need a cake so (laughs) i gave them all cupcakes and they were so appreciative that i would want to share my birthday with them and it was really a good time i had more fun celebrating giving them cupcakes than i did going out with my family so that was wonderful
0: right yeah i mean it's it's also fun when you get to cook for somebody that's not a fussy eater exactly and just as happy for whatever
2: exactly you made
0: anything you so- make they <laughs> like yeah <laughs> It's not like that at home, but...
2: <laughs> no. No, and they are just very appreciative for anything you give them. And when you serve it to them, they look at you like they haven't eaten in months. And they could have been somebody who's been there for a while, but they know what it's like to not eat for a while. Right. So they're extremely appreciative of anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah and i know you have some great um you should you always share some great stories about people that you're helping and and you can find those on social media like on facebook yes
2: yes our facebook is plentiful with our success stories um and you know we like to define success as many different ways success can be from a guy who hasn't had his driver's license in a long time because maybe he had Fines that were built up to now getting his CDL license to a guy who goes out and gets his first apartment. I mean, there sometimes are people who don't have apartments and they've never had their own apartment. And so that could be a really big success when you think back to when you got your first place to live, by your own. That's huge for some people. Last year we celebrated a man who was in his fifties and he got his first job on the books and got to pay taxes. And he was so excited that he got to pay taxes. (laughs) That was his goal for the year to pay taxes. So, you know, that was exciting. Right now we're helping all the guys pay their taxes before tax day and they're really excited that they get to pay taxes because they have a job that they got to pay taxes for Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, So, so much of what you're doing is bringing structure to their lives exactly
2: a lot of them did not have structure and that's why we have like strict schedules and you know we always have planned things for them to do because a lot of them just didn't have structure and they grew up that way too you know it's the environment that they grew up in you know it's just how their families were and that's how their parents parents were and you know and so forth and that's just the norm for them and teaching them that that doesn't have to be the norm that structure is okay you know it's okay that you have to go to bed by a certain time and we have lights out for a reason because you don't need to stay up all night long and you know tv time is from this time to this time and you know we eat at a certain time you know and you know we still lean towards giving them some form of christianity because when something happens in their life we want them to have a support system and a lot of these programs teach you that having a support system can be your church family because you can go to your church family to get that support system and that's something that they didn't have because they wouldn't be with us if they had a support system Mm -hmm. so whatever support system they thought they had didn't work for them. So we're hoping that they can get a support system so we don't have to see them again. But if we do see them again, it's okay because they knew where to go. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully the next time, they don't live on the street for nine months. Hopefully the next time, they come right away. If they lost their place to live next time, the success will be they came right away and they didn't live on the street. Because to me, that's still a success.
0: Yes, absolutely. You
2: know, and that they didn't turn back to drugs and alcohol. 'Cause that's to me is still a success. They they lost their place to live, but they stayed clean, you know, because that's a goal mm-hmm. to stay clean too. And, you know, not everybody uses drugs and alcohol. A lot of it is just they lose their place because of financial reasons. You know, the landlord maybe raised the rent. Or, you know, maybe last year when the buildings blew up down in Allentown that was a problem because all those people became homeless and they there were no other places that were low rent to go Mm -hmm. you know so things like that cause people to have home instability and then it's a problem because they don't have places that they can go to right so that's why we're there to help them
0: so paul let's switch over to you and 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 learn a little bit about how, how you came into contact with the Allentown Rescue Mission and, and your background. You you have a military background yourself. You were a veteran, right?
3: That's right. Yes, I uh, actually spent eight years in the Marine Corps. Uh, some time ago, I went into the private sector probably 30-plus years ago. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely enjoyed my time and, and service and, uh, you know, certainly navigate towards uh, you know, being able to give back and, you know, work different volunteer work and all. And uh, I actually uh, retired early, so I was 58 years old when I retired from a uh, bank in New York Mellon uh, mm-hmm. where I'd been for 20 plus years. And it uh, gave me an opportunity while I was still young and active uh, to seek out some opportunities. So I'm actually with the Allentown Shelter, and uh, they always say everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. and I was the uh, one uh, token man, I think is how you refer to me, in the uh, scrapbooking, <laughs> uh, complete ballroom. And uh, I heard her uh, tell a very compelling story about uh, you know, a trip that she had taken and, and uh, the struggles uh, that uh, you know, the men had went through and how she helped them and then she, she went into her job now uh, and uh, what's being done at the Allentown Shelter and it seemed like a perfect fit. Uh, so we exchanged uh, information, and I think probably within about uh, two or three weeks, I was uh, working every week up there. Uh, so it's uh, been a great opportunity for me, uh, and I also work at the uh, Bethlehem shelter for women, okay. uh, and they found me in the lobby uh, fixing up the uh, Allentown shelter, and uh, I end up uh, going over there one day a week also. So it's uh, it's been great. You're in demand now. <laughs>
0: Um, so you, you're just sort of a naturally handy person and you're doing, like, uh, drywall and type, that type of thing? Yeah, that, it
3: actually worked out great for me because there's there's so many volunteer opportunities, especially in a shelter as large as the uh, Allentown Rescue Mission. And uh, when I went up and did the tour and went through everything, it was uh, pretty much down to, you know, working with the kitchen staff, which is kind of a, a very typical volunteer-type work in inventory and things and such. And then I met with uh, Mike Morrow, who heads up the clean team and, uh, you know, going through the tour, just seeing how much through the facility for the upkeep with it being as large as it is, uh, a lot of drywall, a lot of, uh, you know, brickwork, a lot of painting. Uh, and I've, I've been doing that my whole life alongside of the, the work that I've been doing. So mm-hmm. it really was a good fit. I've uh, I've filled in on some of the kitchen work and the inventory and things, uh, or in certain times or certain days up there, but primarily on the maintenance and the upkeep of the building. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's a very
0: old building, and probably it's a lot of wear and tear.
2: Yes, yeah. Last year we had over 943 men come through. Wow. And we served almost 55,000 meals. So you think of how much wear and tear we have on a building right. of that size. Um, a lot of wear and tear. So right. by the time he finishes painting everything, it'll be time to start back at the beginning of the <laughs>
0: Right. It's not just like, oh, we're done now. Yes. Like, <laughs> we'll never
2: pretty much be done. We'll just be starting over again. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I just wanted to mention, too, that I mean you primarily help local men, but you've helped men from other parts of the country we have
2: yes so we do help a lot of greater lehigh valley men but you know when you are homeless you have almost a code where you talk to people who are also homeless throughout the whole United States And so wherever you're living or wherever you're communicating with people, you kind of talk about different things. And it seems that they talk about like, where did you come from? Where did you live? Where was it good? Where was it bad? And so we've had people just show up on the bus or they hitchhike or they walk to us from who knows where, and they've come as far as you know California, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, and we take them in. Uh, also, people from like the state penitentiary, they put on the bus with a bus voucher, and they send them to us because they don't have a place to go when they get out. So they they send them to us. People, a lot of times when they get out of like a mental facility or a rehab facility, they put them on the bus because the bus station is right at the end of our block. And they're like, well, just go to the Allentown Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea like how far they're coming. Certain facility in Ohio does that all the time. And they're just like, oh, just go to the Allentown Rescue Mission. And people don't even know where Allentown is. And they just send them on a bus. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting how people get to us. And that's something we always ask like, well, how did you hear about us? And It's not always oh i grew up in the city i knew about you sometimes it's like oh a friend i met in a park or they bought me a bus ticket and i just got here you know
0: they weren't on their smartphone googling they uh, were not on their shelter near me no
2: they were not looking at that (laughs) you know and sometimes it's that someone else saw them and they were homeless and they were asking for change and the person was like i'm not going to give you change but i'll give you a ride stay yeah. on rescue mission and that's how they end up with us
0: right well after 120 years your name is out there and-
2: it is out there and you know people ask like how many people have you helped in 120 years and you know at one point in our early years there's a book that was written about us and in our early years they said that our founder helped around 2,000 people, and that was in our early years. So back then, he was helping a lot of people. And since then, if you think in these kind of years, we're still helping over 900 people, 900 men a year, that's a lot. Right.
0: It's so yeah, 2,000 times exa- a lot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely visit the, the website for the Allentown Rescue Mission, yes.
2: which is? org.
0: And you can learn a lot more about it there. You can make a donation online. Absolutely, yeah. You can learn more about volunteering. Our
2: volunteering's on there. Our needed items are on there. Everything you need to know is on there as well as all the social media platforms too.
0: Right. And um, definitely consider this spring their make and serve program to help them reach their goal of 120 make and serve meals um, served to the men in the shelter. Um, and you'll also find more information about that on the website yes thank you Rosaria for joining us thank you it's my pleasure uh, this week to be joined by a a longtime friend and fellow business owner from Hellertown Andy Lee who is the owner of Braveheart Highland Pub uh, here in Hellertown thanks for joining us Andy glad to as I said, I've known Andy um, for a number of years, back to 2006, actually, when he First uh, opened. Right, yeah. when he bought the old Hellertown we hotel.
4: Came, came running around trying to get nosy and see what we were doing.
0: <laughs> and it was it was, it was gutted at that point. Yeah, it had been fallen on hard times, sort of. Yeah, it had
4: been vacant for I think seven years mm-hmm. when we bought it, and then we um, we gutted the entire place. And that was in 06. We bought it in 06, and it took us about four months in renovations. And then we opened the business officially in November of 06. Right. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you, you
4: really renovated it to the hilt. Yeah. yeah, to the tune of a couple million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be that much. Right. Um, but we were too far in to turn back. So uh, some of the things we... Contemplated not doing where the, the lowland pub, you know, mm. at that time, from a cost perspective, uh, and even finishing a second story, but thankfully we did because it's made a difference in the business.
0: Right. So definitely gives you more flexibility.
4: Yeah, and we do a lot of little vent, you know, little events, and we have Saucon Valley Booster Club that comes upstairs for meetings. We do our overflow upstairs. We have all our parties downstairs. Uh, we probably do upwards to 200-plus parties in the Lowland Pub a year Yeah. Um, from group sizes from 20 to 50, mm-hmm. um, but it's a nice little venue for that because it's uh, convenient access to the back of the building, separate restrooms, kitchen still serves it, so it's pretty good.
0: I had my Christmas party upstairs in December, and I definitely recommend it for (laughs) anything like that, because you have a little more room, Yeah, you have a server that's coming, you know, checking on you all the time. It's really private, for sure. It is, and it's beautifully appointed. I mean, the main first floor pub is an authentic Mm -hmm. um, British pub.
4: Yeah, I mean, as you know, my my mom and dad came from Scotland, so uh, my oldest brother was actually born in Scotland. So, I'm um, actually I have dual citizenship. I actually have a UK passport as well as an American passport. But yeah, we want I wanted to make it as authentic as you could possibly in in a, in a small town like Hellertown. So we brought all over all the furniture from Scotland and Ireland. We brought all the uh, lighting from Scotland. It's actually called the Sterling Collection, which is from <laughs> Sterling Scotland, uh, which is where William Wallace Monument is the heart. Okay. And then uh, I originally brought over a couple of family members from Scotland that worked. Well, they were actually even helping him do some painting and things when we were renovating it. But they worked for us for it. I got them a, I think it was an 18 month visa mm-hmm. um, and uh, actually my call him nephew, but he's related through marriage. He ended up marrying one of our servers and they now live in Australia.
1: Okay, I think I know. Kenny, I think you might be Kenny, the tall guy. Yeah.
4: So yeah, I mean, we made it as authentic as you possibly could, and I think you get that feel when you walk into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our menu, obviously, it's geared towards some of the Scottish, Irish fare, um, such as you know our fish and chips and our meat pies and our Brideys and mince and totties, and Mm -hmm. you know then the bangers mash and. shepherd's pie all of those things are driven to that flair but we, we you know when in Rome you got to do as the Romans do so we have a lot of American style food too. yes you know we make great burgers we do great specials every day we have such a good following of regular customers that and you being one of them they come in for the specials more often now because they've been coming so often they just want something different mm-hmm. um and you know, my head chef's been with us for the last eight years. General manager's been with me for twelve. Still have servers that have been there since day one. Mm-hmm. Have very little turnover. So yeah. fortunate, fortunate.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a big plus to going there. The fact that you know who's right. going to, and they know you.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. It becomes more of a local. You know, the cheers of Hellertown. You know? Exactly. Um, but it it was not without a lot of work. It took. You know, a lot of, well, we opened in 06, but we really our first full year was 07. And then uh, then the economy hit, the recession hit in 08 and mm-hmm. which were brutally tough. I had a partner originally in it, um, but they didn't last for more than a year. And I was had my other career, insurance. I had to leave that in order to salvage this. And I had too much invested. Mm -hmm. to try to I'm glad I did but it was some scary days unfortunately the community then started to kind of accept the place too and um, you know since 2010 we've basically doubled Hmm. in size yeah I mean as far as sales and revenue but the building hasn't doubled obviously it's the same but we get more activity right so some of that part of that's been trivia right that was kind of a you know one of my old employees Justin Klein Mm-hmm. It would, that was his brainchild. He's uh, already been on the podcast. I know, been <laughs> on your podcast, yeah. Uh, and Justin, you know, he would work for me. He was a manager. but He started as a bartender, server, bartender, assistant manager. And uh, he wanted to try trivia. He started it. He was actually the one running the, the sessions. Oh, I never knew yeah. that. You know, it started taking off. And we started kind of build some traction on that. And we did that on Tuesdays. And I was sitting there one night and... He came up with a music round and the vibe in the whole place started to change. People started bopping and everything because they're playing music. So I was sat there and said, Why don't we do just the music trivia? And that started our Thursday night trivia, which is only music. But what it did for the business is so people who were coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, they didn't really want to be around when it was louder or different vibes. So they then had to pick between Monday and Wednesday. So it uh-huh. made our Mondays better. Our Tuesday had a different crowd from just a regular trivia. Our Wednesdays got better because people then didn't want to be around trivia, and then Thursdays was a different type of people and for the music trivia. So what it did is it leveled out our our weeks uh-huh. where you weren't so reliant upon your weekends. Right. You know because weekends typically generate sixty-five to seventy percent of your business in the course of a week. Uh-huh. Um, fortunately for us, we're not so reliant upon that anymore mm-hmm. so it's definitely different uh, but it it was you know definitely changed the business and
0: it's nice because it, it attracts a, a wide variety of people like yeah. you see college students mm-hmm. families playing together yeah. older yep. friends yeah. you know
4: it's just yeah I mean as you know I own Taps too right, right. and uh, Taps has got a different vibe but Braveheart definitely has a, a much, more, much more diverse client customer base Mm-hmm. My wife used to say it's the kind of bar she could go to and wouldn't have to worry about getting picked up. Right. Which is a nice thing for a lady. Right. right. You want to just go and enjoy your meal with your friends or just have a couple drinks and not feel like you're, you know, um, being gawked at. Right. So, um, so that's important. It's important for us.
0: And I've heard that not every bar around here is so uh, <laughs> safe. I don't know about that.
4: <laughs> I, I can't speak to that.
0: But yeah, um, but it's it's great for yeah anybody just looking to relax. Yeah,
4: and that's been our motto. Our motto says, "Enter strangers, leave as friends." You know that kind of thing. And I think I've made well, you being one, enormous met enormous number of people and have become friends. Mm-hmm. Um, where I've even vacationed with some. You know? Yeah. So I uh, met some wonderful people. We've actually had a few, unfortunately, that have come and gone. That a lot of older customers. That and you know, we've, you know, tried to honor them in some way, whether to the week of we have a night for them or whatever, uh, because uh, they helped the business. Um, some regulars that were there frequently, but you know, it all catches up with us. You know, we're not getting any younger. I'm not getting right. any younger. So. It's good.
0: One of the other things that you you do that I think is great are the dine and donate um, Mm -hmm. or celebrity bartender fundraisers on Mondays.
4: Yeah, that's worked well. I mean, I think initially when I, I never even worked in a restaurant before, so I just knew business, but I didn't know the restaurant business. So you learn through the school of hard knocks, you Mm -hmm. you learn through your failures. And one of the things I was trying to do early on was people are always knocking on your door for money contributions can you help can you help do this can you do that mm-hmm. we weren't getting our return on investment on that one in particular was a rugby team we sponsored them and they never came back to the place and I'm like I'm never doing that again so what we what I came up with was the celebrity bartending things whereas we provide the venue you want to have an event we give you basically the whole place you promote your event and we give you a percentage of the food sales along with we typically make a contribution above and beyond that and then they can raise money for their whatever charity or endeavor that they're trying to to try to raise money for i mean we've Mm -hmm. had some fairly i think st luke's rehabilitation was probably the biggest i think they raised like twenty three thousand dollars in one night
1: holy cow yeah
4: but even the local you know the local saucon valley high school teams you know we've had Uh, lacrosse team the girls lacrosse we've had soccer you know they have their event and then they do silent auction stuff and raffles and and it's one one day where you're raising what you would probably have to raise in the course of three months if you were doing it any other way so plus it brings a community in Mm -hmm. so that's worked well and we're we're big on giving back to the community we always have been but certainly now that we're got a little more traction behind us too yeah we do we give a lot back I mean
0: Saucon Harvest Festival
4: yeah we've done everything I mean whatever there's an event in Hellertown Saucon Valley we end up giving something right whether we donate food for the day or gift uh, gift cards I mean to me the gift card thing is just another way of marketing Mm -hmm. you know um, because you never know who's going to end up with the card but it may be somebody that's never even been in the place right so they get a card and they they're going to have to come in and use it. So it's a great way for us to market. And if they don't use it, they don't use it, right? So that's been good. But And as you know, our big month's here now, which is March, which is yes. insane. insane.
0: We're, we're about a week out from St. Patrick's Day, which is the, the biggest day of the year for sure, you by, by far. far. By far. I don't, I don't know how many kegs you go through, but it's like...
4: Well, it varies, but I mean, this year is interesting because it's on a Tuesday, so... But what I've always found is the people still come out. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter if it's Tuesday or if it's Wednesday. They still come out. So, I mean, I think the most we ever went through on a, on a St. Patty's Day, I think it was like 18 barrels of Guinness. Of Guinness. Guinness. Right. That's not, not including, including Miller Lite. Yeah, not <laughs> including all the other <laughs> yeah. stuff. I think it was 18 but, yeah, it's an insane day. It's a, but there again, the people who come are the people that come every year. You know, you see the same face. It's like a it, reunion. It is. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for everybody else. I don't know if it's a lot of fun for my staff and myself because it's just so chaotic.
0: Well, you even have staff that just come back for that one day. Yeah, right? yeah.
4: We've had, yeah, we'll, we'll, that day, we'll have upwards to 40 plus people working. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Our our kitchen staff, Brent, my head chef, and and the whole crew, they 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 just do a phenomenal job. I mean, you gotta. We start early on St. Patty's Day. We offer breakfast, and we do that. That's the only day of the year we open. We do an Irish breakfast. It's like a buffet, and then uh, we go right into, you know, the whole day. And then at night, we bring in our DJ trivia guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Riley, he comes in and he, uh, plays Irish music and then gets into other music when people are starting to, uh, let loose a little bit. Um, um, but it's, so 8am till after midnight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now this being on a Tuesday, it might not go as late, but they'll be, it'll be late. It'll be stragglers. Right. You know, um,
0: well, I know somebody who, like, that's the first day of her vacation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. People right. will plan things around, around that. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
4: that's... I had a buddy of mine, he was supposed to retire, and that was the day he was retiring. Oh, really? <laughs> but they asked him to stay on, so I don't know what's happening with that. But yeah, it's a big day. I mean, we do, volume-wise in that day, we do almost what we do in a week in sales. Wow. In one day. So, yeah, you can... And we we do pretty well, so that's... It's a lot of volume, right? So this year I will see. I mean, we're we're offering the specials throughout the weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because there are people that want. You know, we don't typically serve corned beef and cabbage. It's just for that period of time. So there's a lot of people that want to just come out for that, and we'll offer it throughout the weekend as specials. Um, but yeah, it's a big. It's a big event. Big event. I'm happy to see it come, but I'm always also always very happy to see it go. Right. Yeah
0: yeah it is it is intense i mean and it definitely if you want to get a good seat i would say yeah. go on the early yeah time. you gotta
4: you gotta make a reservation with this year we're trying to limit people to an hour and a half at the table they can stay in the building i mean they can go upstairs they can go downstairs they can hang out at the bar right but from a eating standpoint we're trying to try to manage it a little better because once you have you know you thought you're gonna have a table open you leave it from like four Somebody has a reservation at four, and then somebody has it at six, and they're still there at six thirty. It's just a snowball effect, and then that's how people get disappointed and and angry. And most people are good, but some people don't quite understand when they make a reservation on St. Patty's Day that there might be some little hiccups mm-hmm. uh, because it's just the pure volume,
0: right? You know, that might not be the day to, to make your. I mean, first you're talking. We're,
4: we're serving on that day it could be upwards to 6000 people. Wow. And a day.
0: Holy cow.
4: Yeah. So and the the building stairs. the main restaurant seats 125. Right. And then the downstairs is another 40 to 50. And then the upstairs we got another 30. So if you round it out it's about 200 people the seats being taken. Mm-hmm. That's every bar stool. So that's a lot. And if
0: it's nice out, people can sort of well, stay right. outside a little there were a bit. a few
4: years back, it was like it was today. Like I mean, it was like you know, 60, 70 degrees. It was wonderful. But then a few years after that, two years ago, it snowed on the 15th. We got like 20 I inches. that. Yeah. And I had to pay to get the parking lot, all the snow hauled out. Because yeah. Because we don't have enough parking as it is, but... Normally, yeah, we yeah. pile up in some of the spaces. Yeah, so we part. so, yeah, it... it it's it's good. So this is our 13th St. Patty's Day. Right. Yeah.
0: You have a lot of uh, expats that come for that, or just in general? Yeah, like,
4: I mean, I think generally uh, we get a lot of them. I don't know if we get any more for that day, but I think, you know, in general we get. Throughout the year. Yeah, because people look up, like, one of the big things, Bellhaven Beer, which is a Scottish ale. Mm-hmm. People love it. And we're one of the few, well, certainly one in this area, that the only one that sells it. And so we get a fouling for that. I was actually just in Scotland in, well, I was there in January, but I was there in September too. In September, I went to the Bellhaven factory, the, the uh, brewery, because it was their 300-year anniversary. Right. And got a private tour, and then we had a problem getting Bellhaven because the batch that they sent overseas was bad. So we couldn't get a Bellhaven for like eight weeks, and people were bouncing off the walls. They're like freaking out. I'm like, it's not our fault. We can't, you know. I called the the executive director of the company in Scotland. Yeah. He sent us another brand that they had, but it wasn't their their ale. So, and then Tenants is another Scottish. That's a lager, and that's again people come specifically for that kind of beer. So, we get a lot of people that for that. You know, that, that follow us. And then our whiskey selection is pretty solid. You know, our single malts, I think we have up towards to 26 to 30 types of single malts at all times.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So, so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid.
0: What are, what are some things that you envision for the future? I know at one point you talked about maybe doing a trip to Scotland.
4: Yeah, I, well, last year I, I got, uh, well, Scotland was voted the most beautiful country in the world. Right. So, I saw that and I'm like, well, maybe we should try to do something for that. But it was too last minute.
0: But there was a lot of
4: interest. There us. was some interest, yes. I mean, so, there's still interest. It, it's it's a challenge for me because I'm not a travel agent, you know, right. so, I mean, logistically I could organize a trip because I know where to go. My daughter lives in Scotland. Mm-hmm. She lives there. She's been there for two years. She's got another year and change because she's doing her doctorate there. So. Uh, she knows Scotland better than I do now because she's mm-hmm. living there full time. So, yeah, we've talked about that. I would prefer, I think, to go to somebody that could organize it for me through Braveheart because they know and they have relationships and ins and outs. So it's still something we talked about. And if we do it, we probably would just start promoting it in April. Uh, I am actually talking to people at AAA about it, see if they'll kind of take that on and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I mean, we've contemplated putting a deck outside. I had it, we were going to do it, and then the contractor got slammed and had too many things going on and you couldn't build it for, I wanted it done for like September of last year, so we could have used it in September and October. So now we're kind of, the season's starting to come upon us and do we, Mm -hmm. do we do it? So I'm, I'm on the fence whether I'm doing it now or not, so. We'll see, but I'll probably, there again, I'll probably know within the next 30 days whether I do it, so we can get the benefit from it. And it would come out of the side of the building, it would be undercover, it would be really well done, and I have, you know, heaters in there, and I got the permits from the township, they already approved it, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of economics. Right. Yeah, it's right, not a cheap proposition, plus I lose my parking space
0: your yeah your own space my, my own space I <laughs> that's not a made, great insight. one of the
4: biggest perks i get in the place and, I, and so right uh, but we, we we've gotten proposals so we'll see where it goes
0: okay so, well and that's a great lead-in for me to say be sure to follow braveheart on facebook instagram where we share news about certainly we'll be sharing a lot of saint patty's day mm-hmm. photos right. of you know the fun and festivities you also have an email newsletter that people can subscribe to yeah. on the website. We also have a,
4: st- a, a, a store on our website now. You can buy shirts and sweatshirts and right. T-shirts online. So you right, order.
0: and there are some St. Saint, Saint Patrick's yeah, Day yeah. shirts now available. Um, it, the website is BraveHeartHighlandPub.com. Um, you can order food online. Mm-hmm. Uh, very easy to do. I've done yeah. that many times, make mm-hmm. reservations online. So um, it's a it's a useful website. Uh, be sure to check it out. And like Andy said, make reservations for St. Patrick's Day. You won't regret it. Uh, <laughs> you you will. You won't uh, get in either. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, thank you, Andy, for joining thank us. Thank you, John. No rain date is an original production of Sock and Source LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.